Today's show is brought to you by the University of Windsor's Alumni Association. Show us how you are Windsor proud by visiting the Alumni Association's Instagram and Twitter pages. Share your U Windsor memory or post a photo from your time on campus. For more information, visit uwindsor.ca forward slash alumni. Welcome back, Lancers, to the latest installment of the Lancer ReConnect podcast, brought to you by the University of Windsor Alumni Association. With February being Black History Month, we have a great opportunity to discuss topics that can both educate and inform our listeners and continue a greater conversation about Black history and culture. I'm hoping everyone, including myself, can learn something from this discussion today with our two guests, Mr. Jeremiah Bowers and Zion Webb. Welcome, both of you. We'll start off a little background information on both of you. So, uh, Jeremiah, we'll start with you. If you just kindly introduce yourself and give people a little background on yourself. Yeah, of course, of course. So um, my name is Jeremiah Bowers. So currently um, I'm studying political science at the University of Windsor. Uh, I was um, president of our student union, the University of Windsor Students Alliance um, for three years. And now I'm uh, in the role of a special projects coordinator um, at the university. So um, basically my job now is to coordinate um, anti-black racism initiatives um, institutionally and to just support that work across departments as well. Wonderful, thank you. And Zion. Hi, um, Zion Webb. I am a, a third year uh, liberal arts student on the uh, track and field team. Um, I'm also on Lancer Student Athletic Committee. Uh, so that's kind of basing right now, trying to get intercommunication throughout the uh, different athletic teams and throughout the athletic department. Very nice. All right, so today's topic of discussion, obviously, um, about Black culture and history, um, but particularly today, how some of those current issues are pertaining to the university life, both athletically, uh, in your case, Ion, and in the main cast, uh, main campus aspect uh, for you, Jeremiah. So we'll start it off very broadly, I guess, and hopefully we can narrow this down as the podcast continues. Um, but just some of the general issues um, that you feel are um, either prioritized or not prioritized enough uh, in the university setting. So Jeremiah, we'll start it off with you for this one. Issues that you see uh, on main campus as it pertains to racism um, and what have you. Well, um, I definitely feel that uh, race is something that up until 2020 has not been discussed enough. I often find that even just discussing with my peers, uh, people can sometimes take the position that um, I don't see color, even among educators, I don't see color, um, which can be a problematic view because then you are marginalizing the struggle of, um, of black folks um, and also just the diverse experiences and background of black folks. I think one of the issues is that we don't have enough open discussion about it and that people are not prone to talk about what they find uncomfortable. And I think you need to have those uncomfortable conversations because that is reality. Um, so that's one. Number two is that there's pervasive racism at the institution. Um, if only recent events uh, are, are any indication, just like what's happening with um, with the, with certain members of, uh, of a fraternity that's now shut down or just threatening emails going to to black students on campus. Um, so so it's so the the real issue is that there's students who are feeling unsafe today and oftentimes we speak about uh, even like black history within the context of oh this is something that's happened in the past or 
Black history just is just a conversation about about uh, back in the day uh, slavery and this and that when like in reality we're still facing these issues today and it's alive and well even at our own institution right on main campus and uh, discussing those issues openly and then let's seeing how we can take meaningful action on those issues. Mm -hmm. I, the, you make a lot of really good points there and Zion I want you to feel free to jump in here um, as well but the first thing I want to touch on very early on um, in your statement there you mentioned this idea of people who are blind to color or have this kind of color blindness ideology. Um, did you want to quickly expand on that a little bit or and how that's damaging to um, uh, improving the lives of people who feel um, targeted by racism? Right. So the fact is that we live in a society where um, where folks are racialized, right? And there's communities of color um, who are marginalized systemically. Um, and so to not see color is then you're looking, you are saying that you're looking beyond you, the unique experiences you've faced in your life and, and the facts. And even if you don't see color, well, society is seeing color. Society has already othered you, um, right? Even like within our own institution systems, within just our, within how society is framed, uh, you are already othered just by virtue of your skin color. So the solution to that is not to say, well, we don't see race at all and everyone gets treated equally. The solution to that is to say, we are acknowledging your lived experiences and we are going to do what is equitable to ensure that you don't face the same, you don't face barriers that are systemic to you and that we are going to tear down those barriers or tear down the system and build a new so that you are able to have a fair opportunity just as anyone else's. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, you need to see, you need to see that diversity, you need to see that difference. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you made a really good point there about that lived experience and how every single person's situation is different and that um, their experiences are gonna vary from person to person. So to say that you don't see color kind of, I feel undervalues those varying lived experiences from person to person. Um, but anyway, moving over to Zion now. So from an athletic perspective, do you see issues in like fitness facilities as a whole or in your varsity experience? Um, but yeah, just from my view in the athletic field, it seems, especially when you're in intercollegiate sports, it seems that your problems are, it's only, your problems are only on the field. It doesn't seem like we saw what you see in the, uh, when LeBron James, uh, the late Kobe Bryant, even Colin Kaepernick, when they tried to make political statements everyone was just saying shut up and play and that they're more than they're just an athlete and um it just show kind of sees that or shows that uh someone who is an athletic a black athletic uh person does not get to have a say because of what they do uh just shows you just want to be able to be more than just an athlete and be able to make your voices uh voice heard and be able to put forward a change uh, so that we're all treated equally and not marginalized due to our skin color. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, they have that platform. So why not use it to uh, improve the lives of those who can't speak out in as wide or as broad of a manner as they can? What do you think that us as kind of a student staff body or um, educators and peers do to kind of help facilitate this push towards anti-racism? And we'll, we'll start with we'll start with you, uh, Zion, on that one. So let's talk about the St. Dennis Center here at the university, which is our uh, fitness facility. What do you think 
that we can do to improve the lives of our, our black students? Uh, I believe making it light, uh, improving the lives for our black students is for sure. Uh, putting more African-American black students uh, into positions like training positions, if they were, are willing to uh, apply, we, we started hiring more African-American or even ethnic uh, staff onto into our ranks uh, this year before our COVID shut down again. Mm -hmm. um, and just giving them a spot, uh, a place to uh, report to us and, hey, I felt, I feel threatened in this situation. I would like to report this to someone without them feeling uh, that their problems may just be sw uh, swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. that, that's a lot of good points. And, and Jeremiah, please feel free to jump back in as well. You talked earlier um, about educating people and keeping that discussion open. Um, are there ways that you've kind of thought of or imagined working on the smaller person to person level rather than institutionally? Yeah, well, um, I, I think when it comes to person to person, I don't know, I, 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 I firmly believe that it starts with education mm -hmm. um, and that it really, it, the onus is on the individual to educate themselves. Um, about these issues because it's, it's going to be impossible to change someone's point of view unless they are are open they are open to that yeah open to change and yeah they are open to change and, and so that's where like for my role mainly it's it's to try to create um, institutional systemic change um, mm -hmm. but even in that I think centering uh, celebrating the 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 works of black educators is something that often goes unnoticed, even mm -hmm. within our own faculties. And I think there's things that non-black folks within our faculty um, and staff can do to kind of to center those experiences, to center that talent, to um, ensure that those people are getting the recognition that they deserve. Um, it's just one thing um, I think can be done. But really, I think it's just a matter of taking like an anti-racist to be like really for all educators to be anti-racist practitioners, right? Mm -hmm. Think about how you can integrate um, uh, anti-oppressive pedagogy, anti-racism pedagogy um, into like into into your teachings, um, into what you're like into St. Dennis. Like think about how um, as black history comes up, like think about how uh, black history is more than just slavery, but you can connect it to the arts, you can connect it to um, athletics, you can connect it to a whole variety of things, right? And it doesn't just need to be a conversation about, um, about like, again, what's happened in the past, but a conversation about like, what can we do in the present to change things? Or um, maybe just learning about, learning about how history applies to like the programs we study today, right? So, so yeah, so, so there's definitely, so I think there's a, a, a variety of things that need to be done but those are just a handful of things uh that come to mind yeah and, and i think it's a really tough topic just because there isn't one right answer to how to fix this but I, I definitely agree with you in the sense that education is definitely the way forward like having people understand both the errors of their ways and what they're doing right and and how they can be kind of sensitive to those issues uh, which kind of brings me into my next point, which is for both of you, actually. So uh, I don't really care who answers, but I kind of hope to get a response from both of you. Um, and 
and in varying facilities, I understand that you approach things differently, but how would someone like myself, a white person, approach you and try to gain more information about some of these issues and educate themselves without coming off as, say, ignorant or insensitive? So here's the thing. So I, I, so the onus shouldn't be on Black folks to educate non-Black folks. And I know sometimes that's just something that's difficult to hear because like, how else am I going to know? But the resources are out there. There are mm-hmm. numerous and numerous resources out there for people if they want, if pe- folks want to engage in that like self-learning that they're able to do so. I, I feel now having talked to just countless Black students, staff and faculty, like, like, Black folks are tired of always being asked, like, what can I do better? Um, I'm also like being in my position, happen to be that person who's also always asked, what can we do to do, uh, what can we do to, to do better? And I always tell people, um, it's about your own journey of learning. Um, because one, like I'm, I'm already, I'm facing these issues as an individual black man. So like, um, so and and for and you know mentally not everyone's gonna want to have that time or take that time to educate others about the oppressions that they're facing right and it's really not it's it's mm-hmm. not on folks to do it either so I think to kind of flip that back it's that that like folks people just need to do that education uh, to pursue that education either on their own um, and and then and see how and and think about in the uh, and think about, for example, like how does my um, how does my place in society as as a non-black person, or how does like my whiteness kind of how is that like how does that really how what is my positioning within within society and so like how am I perhaps more privileged than black folks? Um, and like, where does my privilege, like how, like, so it's really getting deep down into like your, and reflecting on yourself and how, and, and the privileges that you've inherited that you might not even realize, right? Like, and, and oftentimes, like I've, like when I've, when I've done uh, sessions before and, and there'll be uh, like white people will say, well, you know, I've lived a very hard life and I've struggled all my life. So like, how can I possibly privilege, be privileged? And I'm like, listen, it's when we talk about whiteness, when we talk about white supremacy, we're talking about racism. It's not a personal attack on white folks. Um, that's not what it is at all. It's not something to be individualized. It is something to think about systemically, and think about what is your what what is your place within this framework of of privilege. And privilege isn't something that you're always conscious of, but it's something that folks have just by virtue again of your skin color. Um, which is why, like, again, like, when we're going to, if we're going to talk about, like, we don't see color or we don't see lack of color, however you want to put it. Um, in that case, then you're, we are erasing um, the lived experiences of folks today and as well as our ancestors, right, who've died for many of the freedoms and the rights that Black folks have today. And there's reasons that they've had to die for that, right? And so, while you, while as a white person, you, you yourself may not be um, actively racist, um, to be anti-racist requires more than just saying, I'm not a racist, right? It requires that work of learning about yourself and your own position within society and how you can um, contribute to a, rather an anti-racist society, I should say. Be sure to download the new Lancers Athletics and Recreation app for free in the Apple or Play Store.
Stay up to date on the latest varsity, recreation programming, and fitness updates. Get all the information you need to know about the reopening of the St. Dennis Center and how to make a reservation. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate those comments, but one thing you said stuck out to me, and it was that kind of self-journey or self-education comment. Um, and, and please stop me if I say anything incorrect here, but um, I, I agree totally with that um, notion of the breadth of information that's out there right now. There is extraordinary amounts of information and articles surrounding these issues. And I know even from myself, uh, just preparing for this podcast, it was very easy to find answers to a lot of the questions that I had. So I, I definitely agree with your point that it is on the other individual to educate themselves rather than to constantly pester those uh, in the black community for for answers of what they can do. And, and it, it almost to me feels lazy asking them to tell you what to do rather than just trying to look for a solution themselves. Uh, and, and Zion, I, I wouldn't mind your opinion on this too. And from the athletic perspective, if um, you see any similarities or any contrasting um, things from what Jeremiah said. Yeah, Jeremiah said exactly what I wanted to say. I um, started the January this year. I was able to, um, I, with a group of LSAC leaders, I was able to uh, be a part of the Black Student Athlete Summit hosted by University of Texas. And um, one of the topics we were sitting in on was about the ex this exact same thing of it's not on the uh, the black person, the African American person, to explain to you what's going on. It's on yourself to educate uh, on how they may have steered in the wrong direction. Of they might have accidentally uh, went through with a microaggression on, say, myself. Um, it's not on. You may try to help uh, with their educational journey on the subject matter but you have to uh take care of yourself first and if uh talking about this topic all the time may weigh heavily on you you there's always the time to say hey i can give you these this book these these articles you're going to have to study it on yourself i can't hold your hand through this whole journey you're going to have to walk on your own on this yeah, uh, I, I think that's a lot of really, really good points. Um, I mean, as as a person who kind of, uh, I, I can willingly admit that I definitely had a fairly easy upbringing and a pretty, as most would consider, and even myself would consider, a privileged lifestyle. So I, I really appreciate these conversations. Um, and do you think this kind of conversation that we're having here today on the podcast that hopefully a lot of people will be able to listen to, do you think these are the type of conversations we need to be having on a friend to friend basis um, with our peers? And, and I, I don't want that to sound like, oh, should we be going to all of our black friends and asking them uh, about uh, current movements or asking them how we can help more so? Is it is it a good thing? to notify those around you that you support them or you're trying to change? Or is that something that you should be doing on your own, kind of just for the betterment of society, not so much just to uh, tell everyone you're there for them? Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, it's good to have conversations with your friends, Black or not, um, um, about race to get a better understanding. Again, recognizing that 
you don't want to burden your black friends, specifically when we're talking about like anti-black racism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think that's a conversation even like just you and like your non-black friends should have and should right. be having right or your work colleagues like I think oftentimes we talk about like like I of course I mentioned having that personal journey of learning and we talked about um, systemic racism what we can do structurally but I also think like at an individual level it comes down to if you see something at work or something among your friend group are you willing to call it out right and um, and that can be a tough thing right because people are used to whatever culture they have within the workplace whatever culture they have within their friend group um, and sometimes racist comments come up and people just laugh it off as a joke, right? Or, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, it's your friend who's black or indigenous forever is like the butt of a joke in the group. And it's kind of like, are you willing to challenge like whatever's the status quo in the group and also bring others along with you um, to become um, allies or accomplices? Um, um, and, and essentially in, in, in like lives, indigenous lives and, and just advocating for um, equity for uh, other racialized folks. So like, I think it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a broader conversation that should be had with your friends um, and you just normalize conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Zion, do you have anything to add to that? No, uh, Jeremiah hit it, hit the nail right on the head. Oh, perfect. Um, so then I, I guess one other question I have uh, in each of your fields, respectively, so both the athletic side, Zion, and um, the main campus environment, Jeremiah, um, do you find it's hard to approach either uh, superiors, colleagues, uh, or those who work for you, um, if that even applies to you? Um, do you find it hard to go to those people? Or do you think that's something that's not normalized enough yet to um approach those conversations comfortably for yourself yeah um gratefully with my employ i'm employed by the uh athletic and a recreational uh department uh sandra Andraka is my boss and i'm grateful for having uh such an awesome uh employer uh after the or during the riots of uh the george floyd murder she reached out to me personally and uh said she was thinking about me and if there was anything I needed that she was more than willing to help. And that, that helped me during a somewhat rough time. And, uh, it, if, uh, say if I was not in that, uh, in such a great work environment, I I would feel a bit, uh, perturbed or not unmotivated to go to my boss. If I did not have a boss who was black African-American that, but, in an employer's seat, I would, I would try and reach out to any, any of my black employees or students and say, I may not have the same experiences with you, but I would like it to be known that I, I'm have an open door for you. If you would like to talk to talk to someone, or if you have a concern about something. Mm -hmm. So, so almost in a way, rather than directly trying to change things in the area just just letting people know that you're you're there you're open to helping them if they need it not so much forcing help down their throats kind of giving them the opportunity for help if they want it um but that it's it's sensitive for them and that they need their own space um as well 
Yeah, of course. You can't if you're pushing uh like the the old saying you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. You can't keep pushing things on to someone and inspecting them to take it. You're mm-hmm. going to if you say, "Hey, this is available. If you need it, then you can take it." They're more welcome to uh they're more inclined to take it because they don't feel it's forced on them. Yeah, very interesting. And and Jeremiah, how about yourself? Yeah, um I I personally have no problem doing that, but I think that's just given my unique experience with student leadership at the university where like it was, I was in a sense groomed to challenge the university mm-hmm. uh, that I of course now work for um, on a lot of these issues. And so I've never been one to to keep silent. I personally find that like if, if speaking about my own identity and issues that are important to me um, and my safety and the, and the safety of others who look like me is a problem to you and is uncomfortable, then maybe I shouldn't be working for you and maybe I shouldn't be working with you. Um, because if you can't have respect for those kind of issues, then you, can't, then you don't have respect for me and who I am, right? So I just find that just my, like it's, it's not Jeremiah and then there's like my blackness is on the other side. And like right. when there's an issue, you know, related to, to anti-black racism or to like BLM, then all of a sudden that's gonna come up, right? I find that like the two are hand in hand, like I'm a black man who's in your employ or who's working alongside you. And therefore I'm bringing with me all my experiences, all my perspectives, all my struggles, all my pains, all my um, uh, all my victories, my excellence, et cetera, et cetera. And then let's have conversations. Um, let's have, just let's have open conversations about uh, about safety for you know, for black folks, just whatever racism within this kind of environment. So no, never really had any issues with that, um, except maybe back in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's going back far. And of course, I just didn't have the same, I guess, I don't know, tenacity or courage then that I do now. Um, but yeah, I find that it makes convert, it can, it's even people who are comfortable with it, comfortable discussing it. Um, get uncomfortable like it's uh, always an interesting discussion because everyone reacts differently and there's folks who are so set in their ways that it's just it it it, it, um it kind of like hits them like a bus like wow like I didn't know this is a thing right and Mm -hmm. I'm like well you know and um do some you know do some research do some education let's like change this culture Uh, so yeah so that's kind of that's been my experience yeah, uh, thank you for sharing. Um, one thing I was really interested by by um, the comment you made that kind of separation between um, the race and the person, and I feel like that's a perspective that a lot of people have looking from the outside in. Kind of that, oh well, they can have issues and um, anti racism, but then that's separate from their person. But it's really not, and I think that's interesting how you said that if they don't respect my race, they don't respect me as a person. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people can learn from that, hey, you can't, you can't have a problem with the race, but then be okay with the person that's, that's there, because they're one in the same thing. And I think that's a great point you made how if they don't respect my race or my culture, then they don't respect me. And that's not an institution I want to work for. Uh, anything I said there is that out of line or incorrect or flawed in any way? I, I don't want to be putting words in your mouth, but I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah, no, you're spot on. And I think um, I just even think of the BLM movement and how that's been politicized and 
um, like oftentimes see in the States and I'm sure it's the same, there's the same kind of thinking here as well as like, well, you know, advocating for black lives is a leftist thing to do, mm -hmm. right? It's a leftist um, like political agenda. And, you know, I just find it funny that people can think fighting for, fighting for equality, for equity, um, for liberation is like, is political in nature, right? When in reality, it's like a fight for black lives is a fight for black lives, right? Saying black lives mm -hmm. matter, not only black lives matter, it means that we're trying to get to a point where, um, where black lives matter just as much as any other life. That's how like, you can't separate, like you can't separate my blackness from me. Like we can't say like, oh, and like uh, racism is just, it's a political issue, right? Or like, don't be so political. Why are you bringing this up in this environment? And it's like, but this is like, I'm talking about my safety. I'm talking about my identity. I'm talking about having the same, um, the same liberty as you do. I'm talking about having, being at the same stepping stone uh, as you are. Right, and that's really what it is. It's it's not. We're not just talking about some abstract thought or theory. We're talking about reality, right? And I'm part of that reality. And so, so yeah. So so that's why I, I find I always find um, that whole idea that like that racism is suddenly political, but certain other issues are not political. Like that is equity, but like racism all of a sudden is just like don't get political on me. So right. It, it's and I think people's perspectives on that can be very interesting. Yeah, thank you so much. And and sadly, as much as I'd love to continue talking about this with both of you, we are starting to run out of time. So I, I'm going to give both of you an opportunity for a, a couple closing remarks if you have them. Um, so so Zion, we'll start with you if you have something. If not, we can always come back. Um, but um, yeah, any closing remarks before we wrap up today? Um, just thanks for having us on. I it's great to hear from you again. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing this able to uh kind of spread our message and uh get a chance to uh talk yeah thanks and jeremiah yeah thank you kevin i appreciate um being invited on uh i will say just as um just as we're going into uh black history month it's i think it's just important again for folks to do some uh deep reflection around our own local black history in windsor that is so often forgotten um and that Windsor plays a very unique role within Black history and that um, Black history is also all of our history. Um, and it is not something that is limited to just a month. Um, and when we're reflecting, let us also remember that uh, there are many reasons to celebrate. Black history is not just slavery. Um, there are many figures um, from the past and in the present who are changing uh, the world who also deserve equal recognition as anyone else. Thank you so much. On uh, behalf of everyone here at Lancer Recreation and the University of Windsor, thank you both for being here. Uh, and that's all we have for today. So stay safe and take care, Lancers. Our show is once again sponsored by the University of Windsor Alumni Association. Be sure to visit them on the web at uwindsor.ca forward slash alumni to check out all the services and events offered to University of Windsor alumni.